It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back, home stretch here on Silver and Black today. Mo Moten, Scott Goldbranson with you. Do us a favor, make sure you subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you get your audio. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. The chat, man, Mo, the YouTube live after the game was just on fire. It was crazy. <laughs> the chat, not only that, but also the number of folks that were live with us, the highest number we've ever had for a show, by the way. It was crazy. Uh, but I understand why. People are passionate. And 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 our good friend Evan Grote from the Just Pod Baby podcast said it best, I think, after the game. He said, I don't think I've ever seen Raider Nation more united over <laughs> the fact that Josh McDaniels is not the answer for the Raiders. So uh, there's that upside there, right? That, and, and I know people were excited and still are to see what Aiden O'Connell can or can't be as well. So those two unifying factors, if you're looking for something positive <laughs> inside the negative, there you go. Um, what I want to touch on here, Mo, before we go and, and get this in before the end of the show, which is to talk about the rest of 2023. Because listen, again, it's week eight coming up here. Uh, the Raiders got a tough, tough game on Monday night, so Raider fans have to wait all the way till Monday to see this. Uh, I get, I'm getting messages from people saying, you know what, I'm going to work late that night, or I'm going to go get my hair done from the ladies. Um, some people don't even want to watch the game because they think it's going to be a shellacking. Now, it's the NFL, and on any given Sunday, weird things can happen, so I wouldn't necessarily that. I'd say at least give it a quarter, see what goes on. But nonetheless, they're getting ready for the Lions. There's no indication yet on the status, because we're early in the week, uh, of Jimmy Garoppolo. We won't really get a status until Wednesday when the injury reports start to come out. Uh, but if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, let's start there, and he's ready to go, uh, there's no question he's going to start, because Josh McDaniels said that after the loss to the Bears. Um, is that the right choice? Uh, because he is the starting quarterback and you shouldn't lose your job because you're injured? Or does this, again, show that that despite the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo has been unable to move this offense or score points, that you you should go a different way and think about it? If you're Josh McDaniels, and, and I would hate for you to be that because then um, I would be talking to somebody who doesn't necessarily have a plan, um, what would you do in that case? I think the only choice is to start Jimmy Garoppolo because he wouldn't start Aid O'Connell over Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Now, by the way, Brian, it, have you? But I just quick tangent. Had, did you see Brian Hoyer's pass chart after the game? Yes. All, all, most of his passes were to one side of the field, and he threw deep maybe twice. Correct. And I had people, as you said earlier, say, "Well, Brian Hoyer had a couple of nice throws against the Patriots. How'd that turn out against, against the Bears' bad defense?" But anyway, I I think the only choice is that Josh Daniels has is to start Jimmy Garoppolo because. 
he clearly doesn't believe Aiden O'Connell is ready because if he did, he would have started him against the Bears. Right. But I will say this. If Jimmy Garoppolo stinks in the first quarter of that game, to your points, people should check out the first quarter of that game to see how things go. If he stinks and throws two pick, one or two picks in the first quarter, and he's just awful. You throw out Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell should be the QB2, but I'm sure the Raiders will bungle that too, and Brian Hoyer will be QB2, and they'll throw out Brian Hoyer out there again against a Bears def- against a Bears offense that can put up a lot of points. Wrong move. Bad move, but Joshua Daniels has been known to make poor QB decisions this year, as I said at the end of last segment. So I think the way it goes is Jimmy Garoppolo gets his job back, and then if he stinks, the Raiders are going to stick Brian Hoyer in there. He's going to stink again. And then after that, you start to think, okay, maybe Aiden O'Connell gets his chance to start and show something. And I think he still won't start him. I, I, I don't know why, <laughs> but I just think, I mean, he gave him the start in, 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 in LA against the Chargers. And yes, he has, but you know what? Rookies make mistakes. Like I, I mentioned Desmond Ritter of the Falcons earlier. Desmond Ritter's had a game. He's looked really good. And then he has a game where he looked like absolute trash. And what do the Falcons do? They don't pull him and say, no, he's not ready. They let him play because that's the only way you're going to get experience. You as a rookie quarterback will never learn by taking snaps in practice. It doesn't work that way. And so Josh McDaniels is covering his own ass. He's just think he thinks we all know it's not true. He thinks starting these veteran quarterbacks is going to protect him because will it give the best chance to win when we all know that's unproven. But but Jimmy Garoppolo going out there that you, you mentioned it, that Lions defense is tough. Now, I know before all you people say, well, they got their butt kicked. Yes, they did. It happens. Okay? It happens. And for a young Lions team that's doing really well, it's probably good for them, actually. And so now they get to take it out at home on Monday Night Football against the Raiders. So not only are the Raiders uh, on defense going to be challenged to the utmost because of the, the, the Lions offense, but then the Lions defense is tough up front, and they are a tough physical. Physical because of their coach. Remember Dan Campbell? He doesn't just he doesn't just talk the talk. He walks the walk. That team has taken on, as you know, in the NFL, teams take on the personalities of their coach mm-hmm. and, and they have in Detroit. And so, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, I worry, though, too, for him from a safety perspective, because with the offensive line, the way it's been playing as well, um, there's a good chance that they're going to get to Jimmy Garoppolo quite a bit. And here he is with an injury. Uh, and so now what happens there? So the Jimmy Garoppolo problem, because I'm calling it a problem because his signing has been a complete and utter failure. And so can he come out and and regain some form? Perhaps. Nothing's impossible, Mo, but there's been nothing. You talked about Josh McDaniels coaching and leading this team. There's been no evidence to show that it can be successful. I've seen no evidence from Jimmy Garoppolo in the five games that he has played that anything will change or that he has the ability, the comfort level, or uh, the, the, the health to be able to lead this team to multiple victories in a row or to even get to close to being what I thought would be a seven-win team. I, d- I just don't know. I don't know that this team will win three or four more games. Here's my thing, Scott. How much better has Jimmy Garoppolo looked than Aiden O'Connell? How much better has Brian Hoyer looked than Aiden O'Connell in, in, in the small sample size? Yeah. To me, if it's close or even, you start the guy with the most upside on your roster. And right now, that's Aiden O'Connell. I think Aiden O'Connell, even in garbage time, even with the Bears defense kind of pulling back a little bit, they still got a pick on him. I thought he looked good in that small part of the game that he was in over Brian Hoyer. And Brian Hoyer played, what, 80% of that game? 
Yeah. You know, they pulled them after a pick six. It took that to them for them to pull a uh, Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer should have been pulled at halftime. It should have yeah. happened at halftime. And the Raiders yeah. stuck with him. And it, it just it makes absolutely no sense. And that's why I said the, the Raiders quarterback decisions under Joshua Daniels have made no sense from the beginning. I, I laid it out for you in the second segment. You <laughs> you get a quarterback who's on the men, injury prone. You get a quarterback who has physical limitations in a league where the position is evolving. You get a quarterback who hasn't done much as a journeyman in 15 years. Yes, maybe he could be a mentor, but you have him as your QB2 still at this point. He's just still your QB2. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. Vinny Bonsignor, our, our friend over at the Las Vegas Review Journal, had a pretty good tweet. And I like, I like, I very much agree with it. He said, when you watch uh, Tyson Bajit with the Bears and his mobility, his, his ability to make plays with his legs, you realize what the Raiders quarterback room is sorely missing. They don't have that. Nothing. They can't do the things that the Bears could have done with, with Bajit because their quarterbacks, none of their quarterbacks have great mobility. Even uh, Aiden O'Connell, we've seen his wheels. And Jimmy Crawford, we've seen his wheels. But let's not kid ourselves. Those, are, those guys are not athletic quarterbacks. And, and I think that if you're thinking about the 2024 NFL draft and what the Raiders will want at quarterback, you're asking Josh McDaniels to come outside of his mold and update himself from the year 2002 and think about the NFL in 2023 and get a quarterback who's more dynamic. I'm not so sure he's going to do that because he hasn't outside of Cam Newton and Tim Tebow. What athletic quarterbacks has, has Josh McDaniels really worked with extensively? You know, so I, I, I get you could be excited for the 2024 draft, but I find it hard for me to be that excited for it because Josh McDaniels is the one making decisions. Yeah, and 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 I look at this too, and I know it's all conjecture. I'm I'm but but imagine I could see this Raiders team with the schedule they've had. I could see this Raiders team if CJ Stroud is back there. Now I know nothing was a guarantee, but that's the guy you and I went to bat for, thought they would be perfect for the Raiders. Because in, in Houston, he has a team far worse offensively than the Raiders, including the offensive line, by the way. But he can move, okay? You put him on the Raiders right now with the tools he has, they could be 5-2. and two. Honestly, they really could. And so you look at that and you say to yourself, to your point, the decisions made at quarterback, the fact that they are not— Jimmy Garoppolo does not give them a better chance to win the game than Aiden O'Connell. Nor does Brian Hoyer. And Brian Hoyer, by the way, the two picks right against the Bears, should have had five or six. He, he yes. locked in on his receiver yes. so many times. There were three or four more passes that could have varied. Two, which were in the hands of Bears, that should have been intercepted or very close to being intercepted. So you're talking about a guy who could have gone in there and not thrown a touchdown pass and thrown five picks. Are you going to tell me a rookie's going to do worse than that? No. Aiden O'Connell will throw one. I know he had the two fumbles. Uh, including one that was a strip sack. But you go back to also last year. And again, I'm not revisiting the car thing to argue about Derek Carr. But clearly Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels, as we've come to find out, never really clicked. Okay? They never really clicked. For whatever reason. So midway through last year, we have all these blown leads. You have the Raiders unable to score points at times. Um and even then, Josh McDaniels wouldn't go to Jarrett Stidham. He didn't do it until the last three games when basically, I know they weren't mathematically eliminated uh, in those three games, or at least at the start of the third game, but why wouldn't you have done it before? You, you, were, you were hitting a wall. When you hit a wall, you don't keep walking into the wall. You say, hey, is there a way around this wall? And this is what Josh McDaniels won't do. He will not say, hey, maybe there's a different path to the grocery store instead of trying to walk through a wall 
right? And um, this is what I think, this is why I think it's just not meant to work. It's just not going to work because he's unable. It's his right, it's, he's in charge, but you, if you're not gonna do that, then I don't feel like you have any chance of success. Quick point, Scott. I tweet, and I also tweeted this on Sunday night. I said, the worst thing you can do when you make a mistake is to double down on double that down. mistake. Right. That goes for Joshua Daniels. He obviously made a mistake with starting Brian Hoyer. Pull him out, as I said, pull him out at halftime. You see the offense is not moving. He's locking onto his first read. Okay, let's see what the kid what the kid has. He doubled down on that mistake. The Raiders, that, you know, that deficit snowball. You put in Aiden O'Connell when the game was well out of hand. Aiden O'Connell had to, you know, push and push because he knew his team was down multiple scores. So you got to push the ball downfield. So, of course, he threw a pick. But he got himself together. He went, I believe, 10 of 13 for 100, well, 125 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Right? The, that that comment on Twitter that I made, doubling down on your mistake, also goes for Mark Davis. Right? So you have Joshua Daniels, who's now 9 of 15 as the head coach of the Raiders. The offense in its entirety outside of Jacoby Myers is regressing. Don't double down on the mistake. Get rid of the mistake. The, the, the Denver Broncos did it with Nathaniel Hackett. The Jaguars did it with Urban Meyer. They realized right away that that guy that they had at the head coaching position was not the guy, and they moved on. Now, Joshua Daniels has m- had more time than those guys, but now that your offense is moving, your team is moving in the wrong direction. Mark Davis, after he pops the bubbly at the Las Vegas Aces you know, victory parade, he's got to take a hard look at the Reds and say, is Josh McDaniels the guy long-term? And I think the answer should be a resounding no. Right. And and you to your point about teams, some do some teams make decisions too quickly in haste? Yes. But I think some of the examples you gave, I mean, look what happened with the Broncos last year with Nathaniel Hackett. Now they waited, but they they pulled the trigger too. That was that they didn't even give them another chance. It was like, no, it's not working. It's going completely in the wrong direction. When you look at this Raiders team, honestly, can you see some progress on defense? Yes. Is it enough to make a difference? Nah. I could argue no. It's good to see, right? Because you're seeing some progress, okay? And you got some good. I mean, uh, Trayvon Moore coming back this year and playing as well outside of the first game, playing as well as he has is kind of to me one of the most underreported stories around around the Raiders because of all the other mess that people have to cover. It's a great story. He's done really, really well. The linebacking core, which is slow as molasses, yes. <laughs> Spillane done well. You have Divine Diablo. You have um, um, Malcolm Kuntz up front. Those are all good stories. You've seen young players developed. Okay. But overall, the Raiders are going backwards. And so you can't look at the situation and say, more time, more time. Why? Why? Why will more time get you into a better place? Well, because why? Because Jimmy Garoppolo will suddenly be healthy all the time and light it up and score and throw for 300 yards. No, it's never been who he is. Brian Hoyer can't do it. You don't know about Aiden O'Connell yet. But there's nothing, and I hate to say this because I don't want fans to be so discouraged that they don't even want to follow their team, but there's nothing that this coach, and, and I have to say Dave Ziegler too, what have they done to, to vastly improve this team? Did they upgrade the offensive line? No. Did they upgrade a quarterback and get their franchise guy? No. Their, their running back, who had a couple good years and really one really good year, seems to have gone back to where he was two, three years ago. So you're going backwards there as well. So to me, that's what I'm saying is you're not, you have no positive momentum other than a little bit of defense development going for this team. And in the, in the, in the NFL, the offense matters. I know both sides matter, 
But in the NFL today, even with scoring down, you have to put points on the board because guess what? You win when you have more points than the other guy. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I said at the beginning of this show, other than Jacoby Myers, who's developed or flourished under Joshua Daniels on the offense side of the ball? Right. You, I can't name any other player on offense other than Jacoby Myers. And that the includes other Derek wanna, Carr and Darren Waller, who are gone now. They didn't get improve either. Hunter Renfro's on a milk carton right now. We can't find him. You know, so, I mean, <laughs> what are we doing on offense? Yeah. The other point I want to make, because people responded to me, with this, there were a couple. There was a bit of a pushback, believe it or not, and people mm. were saying, "Well, look at Nick Sirianni. He was clunky at pressers. Look at what Dan Campbell said at his presser was kind of awkward. And look at what those teams are doing right now." To those people comparing Josh McDaniels to Dan Campbell and Nick Sirianni, <laughs> let's remember that Nick Sirianni got the Eagles to the playoffs his first year. First yes, year. he was awkward at the press conference, but the Eagles went to the playoffs their first year. They were nine and eight. They're probably going to go to the playoffs in all three years that Nick Sirianni has been there. Dan Campbell's Lions were started off awful in his second year. They were one in five, but you know what they were doing, Scott? They were scoring points. Points. I believe they scored more than 30 in two of their first four games. They were averaging 24.3 points per game in their first six, even though they were losing. It was their defense that was the problem. Their defense was giving up an astronomical number of points, and their offense was actually clicking with Jared Goff. Then they turned it around at the end of that year, and they they were nine and eight. The Raiders aren't going to sniff the playoffs with Josh McDaniels this year. As, as the Eagles did with Nick Sirianni. Bears offense can't score any points right now, so you can't even compare it to that Lions team. Even though the Lions team record-wise was worse than the Raiders, the offense was so much better than what the Raiders are doing right now. You saw the it going in the right direction. If you remember, Scott, I said that Lions were going to be a dark horse team last year. Mm-hmm. I said it. I said, it looks bad now, but they're going to get it together. They have a pretty good offensive line. They're good in the trenches, and they can score points. Those are three things that the Raiders are not doing well right now. So don't compare the Raiders to the Eagles. Don't compare the Raiders to the Lions of last year. There is no comparison because, again, they're regressing, not progressing. No, and two things you said with Nick Sirianni and his press conference. Who cares if they're – Josh McDaniels can say, you know, a thousand times in two paragraphs – and no one will care if the team has positive momentum. Nick Sirianni had positive momentum going with that team. Yes, you might he might have lost games 34 to 31, but his team was moving. And by the way, how has Jalen Hurts done under Nick Sirianni? Have you seen him improve? Have you seen that offense improve? Have you seen the defense is lights out, right? You've seen what they've done there. You've seen what the front office, Harry Roseman, has done in Philadelphia and improving, to your point about the trenches, the offensive line, the offensive line in Philadelphia has two Hall of Famers on it. And then on the defensive side, you look at what they've done and they went out and got Jalen Carter this year to add to it. So that's what I'm talking about. Positive momentum. It doesn't always result in wins right away to your point, Mo, but it results in positive momentum. You can see through it. If you put the emotion aside with your team losing games, you can see, well, you know what? Yeah, they're not there yet, but boy, you can see a piece here, a piece there. And this team suddenly is over 500 in the playoff race. That's what I'm not seeing with the Raiders. And I think that that's a big problem. And once again, it goes to the top. Mark Davis 
has to make some decisions. And he has to make them pretty soon, I think, because yeah, blowing out coach at mid-year, is that a good thing? No. Sometimes it is, though, because it tells the rest of the team. And it tells the NFL, by the way, which today, this morning, as we record this, the Raiders are, are the butt of many, many jokes this morning in the NFL as it comes to covering them and, and whatnot because they just continue to flounder. And everybody kind of knows what Josh McDaniels is. And so until it changes and until Mark Davis shows that he's smart enough to do something to make changes, it's just not going to change. So I, Raider fans, don't get upset if everybody's making fun of you because, frankly, the organization, not you as a fan, the organization deserves it because they continue to misstep. It's just that simple. Well, I'm going to give you the closing words here. I, I will say I, I wonder how this bad loss is going to uh, impact the Raiders' decisions at the trade deadline. I think the trade deadline, the Raiders' trade deadline move is going to tell us a lot about how they feel about their season and where they're headed. If they, if I, I say this again, I would not be surprised if they move on from Josh Jacobs. I'm not saying they will. This is not a report. I'm not hearing things, but I wouldn't be surprised if they look at it and say, guys that we don't plan on re-signing next year, let's just move on now and get the best amount of draft capital we can get. Now, if they stand pat and then just add players, it, it leads you to believe that they still think they could turn it around, which to me is is a, is a tough sell after what you saw against the Bears. But we're still waiting for that offensive breakout game. And until that happens, <laughs> until that happens, the Raiders are going to be just treading water. At best, I said it in the offseason, six wins at best. And it looks like it could be fewer than that. It looks like they might be a five-win team at this point, a four-win team. Who knows? Yeah, especially with the schedule. Um, and you still got to face the Chiefs twice, right? Yep. Chiefs, the twice, Dolphins. Dolphins, Chargers. And yes, the Dolphins were exposed a little bit. And that is that they're they're young. They're still a very good team, but they're young. And 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 Philadelphia really took it to them on Sunday Night Football. But yes, the schedule down the road is very difficult. Uh, even the Giants won yesterday. And even the Giants scored points with as bad as their offense is. So... It, it, it's 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 going to be a rough go. And and before we go though, you you mentioned trade deadline. Um, and of course, we've been having the conversation about Hunter Renfro, and the fact that you know you killed his value because you don't use him. Well, I think Josh Jacobs has killed his own value because um, he's not performing either. And don't blame it just on the offensive line. That's part of the reason. There's no question. But if you look at the numbers, Josh Jacobs has only four four carries less than he had at this point last year. Okay, now I know he was underutilized early last year as well. This year he's not. He doesn't doesn't seem to have that quick step that he had last year. I don't know what the reason is. Of course, some folks want to say, "Oh, he's sandbagging." I don't believe that's it at all. Because if he's going to be let go by the Raiders after this year and become a free agent, he needs to do well to get paid. All that stuff. So, so I, I don't believe professional athletes do that. But I think Josh Jacobs' value is it is it there? Is it higher than Hunter Renfro? Of course it is. He's he's the reigning champion rusher in the NFL. Uh, but I wonder, Mo, I wonder what the Raiders could get for him, even trading him to a high ranking playoff team, just because of what's happened this year. I would think it, the conversation would start with a third round pick just because he is having a down year. and It is the running back position, which teams usually don't, you know, compensate a lot for. I would say the comp, the, again, the negotiations start, uh, we'll offer you a third round pick. But if you read Diana Rossini's report not too long ago, they're looking for a player for player swaps. And that's, again, with the regression of your offense, it's going to be tough to get anything of substantial you know, value on a one-to-one -one swap. The Raiders are going to have, if they're going to trade away players, they're going to have to package players with draft picks. 
Now, I'm not talking about the Devontae Adams and Max Crosby's of the world. You keep those guys. But anyone else who's on the block, because yeah. of the regression across the roster, the Raiders are going to have to package those guys because teams are going to be like, well, this guy's having a down year. Why would I trade straight up to, to help your team out with a player of any significance? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's the thing. And and I had people tell me I wrote a piece on on five targets for the Raiders at quarterback in the draft. And people, why are you doing this so early? Well, I think you saw <laughs> On Sunday, why you got to start thinking about it? Uh, but uh, Mo, tell everybody what. Oh, go ahead. And it's clear that the Raiders need a franchise quarterback. They don't have that right now. No, they do not. Mo, tell everybody what you got coming up here. It's Tuesday. What do you have the rest of the week? On Wednesday, I'm going to give my final Raiders trade deadline predictions. Uh, I just kind of talked about it a minute ago. Um, but I, I, I think there are certain positions they will target as far as being buyers because Jordan Schultz is on Bleach Report saying the Rays are going to be heavy buyers. So unless that Bears loss changed everything, I still think they're going to acquire a couple, you know, a player or two on both on either side of the ball. That's going to be on Bleach Report at 5.30 p.m. Um, Eastern time, 2.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. I'll have a sports night piece talking about trade targets, underrated trade targets, trade targets that a lot of people are not talking about because everyone's talking about the Neil Hunter, Carl Lawson, Leonard Williams. I'm going to give some options that a lot of people aren't buzzing about that the Raiders may acquire. And of course, on Monday Night Football, which is next week, I'll be on before and after the Lions game, just preparing people for that potential beatdown that the Raiders are going to take in Detroit. (laughs) Ah, you never know. All right, Mo. Well, uh, we appreciate it. Make sure you guys all uh, go and and check out Mo's work on both Bleacher Report and Sports Not uh, as well. Uh, I'll have a piece later. I'm not sure what I'm going to write about. I've already written about Josh McDaniels, uh, which you can go see. It it, it, it ran yesterday, uh, and we link it up on the website uh, all the time. So check that out. Uh, but we'll see. I'm not sure where to go. We'll see what happens in the next few days with this team. But clearly, uh, it's not working, and I'm really interested because I know – some of the beat guys are going to run down Mark Davis and try to get some comments from him. And then those will be telling uh, because I know you handle some things in-house, but you also need to send signals and you need to lead out front uh, around this. And, and Mark Davis isn't always great about that, but we'll see what he does here. And I think that'll be telling. Scott, two things. If he comes out and says, you know, anything close to Dave Ziegler and Josh Davis are doing a great job, I'm going to lose my mind because I, I understand you don't want to throw those guys under, under the bus. Right. But you can't you can't pat them on the back when it's obvious they're not doing a great job. Don't no, don't you need to, you need to say this is not this is not where, where my team my team is not where it needs to be. And the results are unacceptable. It's simple. It's right. a simple statement. Be, you don't have to go right. into de- depth. Right. It, just be be authentic with your fans. The fans are already suffering through another disappointing year so far. At least be a bit authentic. Mark Davis is known for being authentic, right? A man of the people, right? Yeah. Well, then be, be 100% real. Again, you don't have to throw guys under the bus, but just say, as you said, this is unacceptable and it has to change. That's all. Simple That's statement. Very That's simple all. statement. Yeah, absolutely. The, the other thing, if Brian Hoyer starts another football game this year, <laughs> And I'm already checked out of Joshua Daniels. If you had, if you couldn't tell during the show, I'm all, I, any 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 straw of hope for Joshua Daniels is gone. I am completely checked out of the Joshua Daniels head coaching regime right now. But if Brian Hoyer starts another football game, Scott, Josh McDaniels needs to go to football prison, <laughs> exile to football prison, the Attica version of NFL football prison, because there is no way that Hoyer should even be QB2, let alone starting a football game. Right. 
Brian Hoyer does not need to see the field for the rest of the season. We've seen enough. Yes. I made the analogy real quick before we go during the postgame show saying that, you know, Brian Hoyer, his role is sort of like a relief pitcher in baseball. Like he's the Mm -hmm. guy, somebody gets hurt. You got a quarter left or you got a half left, or even if you're early in the game, whatever it is, you go, you go to him because look, it's an emergency situation. You just kind of need to, 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 to steady the ship, so to speak, or in baseball, it's to sometimes close out games. And a guy like that, you can close out games because you hand off the ball, you do short little passes, you don't get too risky. But you don't ask that guy to start a game. He's not going to go six innings and strike out 12 for you, so to speak. So, so that's, that's what Brian Hoyer is. And the fact that Josh McDaniels looks at him, anything other than that tells you a lot. So we'll see, but I'm with you. If they start him again at any point, because you know, Jimmy Garoppolo will not start the rest of the games. He will be injured yet again. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I I, I put as much money as I could on it. If I was betting any props out there for it, it's going to happen. But anyway, all right, Mo. Well, listen, man, we will be back on Thursday. And of course we'll have our Friday mailbag as well. And in between that, make sure you follow Mo on uh, X.com, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. The show is SNB Today. Mo, my friend, take care. I'll talk to you on Thursday. Sounds good. See you Thursday. All right. For our producer, Mike Robbie, for Mo Moten, I'm Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. And Raider Nation, keep it together out there uh, and hope for some change. <laughs> And uh, go about your week. Have a good time. Don't let it affect you too much. All right. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.